and welcome once again to The Dumpster Dive, the internet's favorite podcast. I am your host, Patrick, and with me is my brother, Jordan. Yes, hello. Yes, and... Uh, <laughs> Still haven't got that down. Nope, we'll get it, we'll get it one of these days. Um, and we are here uh, to talk to you about uh, a movie, uh, which is what we do every episode. We pick a film, um, sometimes from our personal collections. The uh, archives. Sometimes uh, something we find out in the wild, uh, either streaming or uh, on, on physical media. Um, cult movies, uh, genre movies, non-genre movies, um, maybe movies that have sort of been overlooked that should be cult movies. Um, we kind of focus on cult yeah, movies and stuff. Yeah, well, we're a, we're a, a what are we, a, a cult cinema podcast? Is that what we call ourselves? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> yes. Um, so we'll we'll have to see how this movie fits into that because um, the the film under discussion uh, on this episode is very much a mainstream film uh, and at one point not too yeah. long ago um, kind of captured the the zeitgeist at least for a time it seemed like to be a very a big popular movie mm-hmm. um, but I don't know if people talk about it or, or watch it still very much um so we'll we'll have to see we'll talk about that yeah um that's kind of why i picked it so. well i'm i'm intrigued um and i can only imagine our listeners are too so let's uh cut in the trailer to this film and then we'll be right back to talk to you about it saying, a very old saying, when the pupil is ready, the master will appear. Zara. In a land where freedom is a memory. I came here to learn how to fight like you, to have your strength, your courage. Zara was a servant of the people. He did what was needed. Now he's needed again. And justice is outlawed. The man will be my brother. Kill him! The just must become outlaws. You know how to use that thing? Yes. The pointy end goes into the other man. This is going to take a lot of work. One, five, three. If you want to kill this man, I can help you, and I can teach you how to move, how to think, how to take your revenge with honor. How can I do what is needed? When all I feel is... You hide it with this. Be careful, senorita. There are dangers made about. Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. It has been three days since my last confession. Go on. I have broken the fourth commandment, Padre. You killed somebody? No, that is not the fourth commandment. Of course not. I had impure thoughts about a man. Last four? Yes, last four. The only sin would be to deny what your heart truly feels. No bad at all. Now, between the woman who rules his heart... Don't pretend she means nothing to you. But she does. ...and the enemy who claims his soul... I would murder a hundred innocent men if it meant killing you. the battle. Montero has some plans for California. The time has come to claim what always should have been ours. For the destiny of a nation. Tomorrow we fight in earnest. We will both tempt our fates. It's only one man. It isn't just one man. Damn it. 
What's more, you know, Sora, he could be anywhere. Could you miss me? just heard the trailer to The Mask of Zorro. This is a 1998 film starring Antonio Banderas and um, big hit at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was big. Yeah, when I, uh, this is, this might be the first time I, I watched the movie, although I almost think it was, it was so pervasive for a while. Like, I could have... You think you saw it in the theater? No, no, I definitely didn't see it in the theater. Okay. But I, feel I, like, I didn't. I feel like it could have been on at like someone's house at some point or maybe on TV or something. Like, But but I, but more than that, I just think like the imagery from the trailers and stuff was so pervasive yeah. for it. Maybe it just had a really big ad campaign. It, um, it did. But as I was watching the movie, I was like, oh yeah, I remember this was a, this was a big deal for like a brief moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the movie we're watching tonight. Um, from night. 19- 1998. 1998. Yeah. Yep. Um, Antonio Banderas, uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones, uh, Anthony Hopkins, mm-hmm. um, all doing great work here. Yep. Um, so it's the story of Zorro. Um, I, I guess I'm not a real. This is origin story. Probably. Yeah, it's an origin story, and I, I guess I'm not like a real Zorro expert. I think he's like a pulp. I'm not either. Yeah, I think he's <laughs> like a. Well, that's okay because we're not. This is not the Zorro podcast. This yeah. is about this particular movie but I, I guess he's like a pulp character yeah he's right? kind of like a buck rogers i guess i kind of remember. like a republic serial I, I know there weren't republic serials zorro but he's that kind of yeah like yeah a spy smasher right 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 so yeah this is like an, an origin story for him um and sort uh, of it's sort of like a passing of the torch right right which it's, like, it's a mantle that's been going on yeah for well years. let me well, i'll summarize and then i kind of have some like questions about that that you probably don't know the answer to but i just kind of like just throw them out there but like um so so when we open the film um anthony hopkins is zorro Mm -hmm. um which kind of like surprised me a little bit it's probably designed designed to kind of i've seen this a few times so it doesn't so yeah you get this opening kind of like a james we always say this with every movie i guess it's more of a movie thing than a James Bond thing, but you get kind of an action sequence to open. Well, he literally does the walking yes. to the barrel yeah. of the gun, yeah. slashing opening. Yeah. So. yeah. so you have Anthony Hopkins as Zorro, um, and he's fighting against, I wrote down this, I didn't write down all the characters' names, because okay. they're hard, all these Spanish names yes. to remember. Um, but uh, Montero is the big Rafael Montero, Don yeah. Rafael Montero. He was like the, the governor um at this time uh, during the, the Mexican War of Independence against Spain. Yes. So this is, so Zorro's like a hero of the people during this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, He's Don, like a Robin Hood. Don, Don Rafael is, is getting ready to be ousted from, from Mexico, but he's going to execute these people before he goes just because he's just an evil, he, the guy's a real jerk. <laughs> so he's stopped by uh, Anthony Hopkins Zorro, but he finds out um, Zorro's true identity. Mm-hmm. Um, which is Zoro's like Batman, so he like he oh like, totally he like lives in this like mansion. He's part of like He's the, got a bat the aristocratic class, and he has a beautiful wife and mm-hmm. an infant daughter. And yeah, he has the Zoro cave, 
underneath his mansion. He's got a Batmobile with yeah. a horse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so you know, that's the, the worst thing that can happen to a pseudo superhero is someone. Yeah, they after him. that initial adventure, sort mm-hmm. of, they track him back to his house where he thinks he's at home at peace with his wife. And, uh, and he's he's correct. He is. Yes. Yes, and um, so then inevitably. Uh, well, he's at peace for. A second. Yeah, they they fight, and inevitably the wife is tragically killed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the interesting thing you hear is the infant daughter is is taken by the villain, and Zoro is is locked in prison. You yep. know, presumably for like the rest of his life or whatever. And then Don Raphael goes off. So Don Raphael was like a jilted ex lover of hers. Oh, that's right. Yep. So he's like he wanted. Uh, he didn't want to kill Zoro. He wanted to torture him in the worst way. So he wanted him to live knowing that uh, Montero took all his stuff. His riches, is, his wife is gone, but right. that he takes his daughter to like right. raise as his own. Yes, yeah. That's a little fucked up. Oh, yeah, very. I tell you, this guy's a jerk. <laughs> yep. Um, so then we get the movie thing where it's like... He might have even twirled his mustache. For yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's the kind of villain you want in yes. a horror movie. Yeah, of course. Um, totally. So then we get the movie thing where it's like 20 years... Oh, and I forgot yes. an important part. Uh, during the um, uh, the opening uh, action sequence um, where Zoro is saving these people who are going to be executed, these two little boys oh, yeah, um, yeah. encounter Zoro and one of these brothers. And what, one of them is given this, this pendant, this amulet. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then they go off and whatever. Um, so then 20 years later, um, then we open with the two boys have now grown up. And they're essentially like like bandits, like thieves, yeah, right? Yep. But sort of lovable rogues. They're not bad bad guys, at least in the morality of the film. Right. But they're sort of like ne'er do wells. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so. Well, they never like Zorro's never one of those. He's kind of like Batman, where he doesn't necessarily kill people. Right. Although I think he does technically kill people. Right. But he's not out to do that. Yeah. So they're kind of like, yeah, lovable thieves where they, right. you know, they tie the guys up to the cactuses and right, like, right, that's right. how they leave them. They don't kill everybody. Yeah. So, so they, it's, I, it's very like, I don't even know if this is rated, but it's kind of like PG. Oh, very PG much. Routine, yeah. So. Very much. So it, yeah. Um, and uh, I kind of forget the little scenario they were wrapped up in at the very beginning, but what one of, well, like what, what exactly they were trying to, to, to oh, do there's a, there's a stagecoach or the, there was like a. A strong box. Okay. On that carriage. That's right. That they were, like, they disguise themselves as criminals. I mean, I guess they are kind of criminals, but they disguise themselves as being tied up. Yeah. So then they get in. I love that scene. Like, I uh-huh. love all these little scenes. Yeah. And they, like, disguise themselves so that um, this group thinks they're going to capture them, but then they realize that they're not tied up at all. Right. And that they're actually, they've got the jump on them. And then they steal their strong box with the money in it. But the upshot of all this is the the brother, once they find out what's going on, the brother ends up being, yeah. the brother who had gotten the pendant, I think, yep. ends up being killed. Beheaded. The other brother is Antonio Banderas. Yes. Um, and he gets beheaded by this guy who's going to end up being kind of like the right-hand man of this Don Raphael when he mm-hmm. gets back. There's kind of like two villains. There's like... Well, there's two villains, and then there's two revenge scenarios because, well, like, yeah, exactly. like Anthony Hopkins wants revenge. That's what I mean. Like, uh, Antonio Banderas has a villain. And yeah, Anthony Hopkins has a villain, right. and that actually figures into the plot later on mm-hmm. towards the end. All right. Well, this, I'm glad you're helping me through this here. <laughs> <laughs> I really am. So, so that's so yeah. So I don't. The, so the two brothers have grown up. One of them is killed. Antonio Banderas is the other brother, and then. Um, he how does he encounter 
Anthony Hopkins. He's getting drunk in like a bar. I'm doing a really bad job of this. He's getting drunk in That's a bar right. and he sees... Oh yeah, Anthony Hopkins just escapes on his own. Yes. Because cause Don, Montero's Ra- back. Don Raphael comes back and Anthony Hopkins, the original Zorro, is like, well, I gotta kill this guy. So mm-hmm. he like escapes. I guess he could have escaped the whole time, but he was so, you know, despondent over what yes. happened. His life was over, but now... You know, he wants to kill this guy. So he escapes on his own. That's right. They encounter themselves in a bar. And Anthea Hopkins is like, all right, I'm going to train you to be the new Zorro. Mm-hmm. And you're going to, like, we're going to take this guy out. Um, and that's essentially kind of the story. So we have, like, a tra- the training, inevitable training montage and all this kind of stuff. And Anthea ba- um, Antonio Banderas Zorro, uh, Zorro 2, who will be the, the main Zorro of the movie. New Zorro. New Zorro. Zorro 2.0 is... Um, he is, uh, you know, he was this kind of roguish thief, so he's kind of a roguish uh, Zorro, yeah. you know what I mean? He's kind of like... He's ir- not suave. Yeah. Or he becomes suave later. He, but. Yeah, he's kind of like irreverent and like, uh, you know, he, he sort of chafes against the elder Zorro's, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, uh, you know uh, tutelage or whatever, you know. So he's kind of like, you know, he's kind of supposed to be this kind of like lovable kind of rogue, roguish character, mm-hmm. you know. Um and so he wants revenge against the guy who killed his brother. Um, Anthony Hopkins, Anthony wants, Hopkins wants revenge, revenge against, against Don Raphael. For killing his wife and stealing his and daughter. It tr- and it turns out Don Raphael has come back because he has this scheme. This all takes place in what would become... This is where it might get a little fuzzy because I'm not even sure I totally understand. Yeah, this, this all takes place in what would become California, right? So yes. like the... the um, so I believe it's under like Mexican... like It's no longer under Spanish rule during right. during the the course of most of the film after that first initial sequence. This is where they used to make movies. Even dumb movies used to be made for smart people, yeah. so you have to know a little bit Even about it. Even dumb history. movies did their homework. They exa- and they kind of expect the audience to, like, you know, have a you know a fifth-grade education. They're not made for stupid people like me, but... Um, well, now it's like putting an Easter egg in there and you figure it out. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, so, so Don, uh, Don Raphael has come back. Um, because he has this scheme. This is the deal. He he wants to purchase California, which mm-hmm. the, the land that would eventually become the United States uh, California. From Santa Ana. Yes, from Santa Ana, but he's going to do it using His gold mined from Santa Ana's own land yes. by slave labor, which is all the captured people. Yes. Um, kind of clever. Yeah, and, and again... Kind of like fitting in with history church. a little bit. Yeah. It's, not, yeah. it's not historically accurate, but... Yeah, and, but yeah, and again, again, just an awful, awful thing to do. And he's, mm-hmm. he has all these captured, you know, people and children. Oh, yes, yeah, so that's children. the other part. They have that gold mine where yeah. they have slaves working. Yeah, so that's his scheme. Which is like the peasants and... Yeah. So they, they, they said they got people yeah. from, like, everywhere. So we got a pretty good plot here um, that I did not do a great job explaining. But, you know, so this is... Santana's trying to do this. They've obviously got to stop him from doing this, but primarily they just want revenge, you know? Yeah. Um, and at some point, and this is kind of what, like, brings us to, like, the climax of the film, um, Don Raphael decides, okay, we need to, like, blow up this mine and, like, kill all these people because they want, I'm afraid... They want to erase the evidence. Yeah, because I don't want this scheme to be uncovered. Right. So then that's what leads us to our big explosive finale. And, oh, my God, it's not just that we have to save these people from being captured. Like, they're all going to die, and the stakes are raised. It, it Really, like, down the line, this whole movie is, like, action movie 101. This is, like, if mm-hmm. you if you were going to uh, teach, like, a script writing class for this kind of movie, like a genre action movie, 
this script is what you'd want to look at. Cause it's just like rock solid in terms of here's how you establish character. Here's how you establish motivation. Here's how you up the stakes at this point in the third act. You know what I mean? It's just yep. rock solid, like working, beautiful machinery. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Um, so that's the story. I won't spoil it. Does does Zorro uh, come out uh, on 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 the, on top at the end? You know, you have to you have to watch the movie to find out. But uh, that's basically the plot. Where does he wind up in the sequel? Oh wait, that's a spoiler. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there was a sequel too. Yes. Um, but yeah, that's basically the story. So like the the bulk of it. Oh, and then Catherine Zeta Jones is um, yes, Elena. So of course the the infant daughter comes back as. An almost absurdly beautiful Catherine mm-hmm. Zeta-Jones in this movie. It's, well, an- what, an- another part of the plot is that he has to infiltrate uh, Montero's right. group yeah. of the Dons. Right. So he has to, like, pretend he's this suave. Yeah. I forget what he's... He's, yep. like, from Spain. Yeah. He's, like, the the son of uh, some important person. Right. Whatever. Um, so he has... To, uh, and then Anthony Hopkins is disguised as his his retainer servant. or servant, yeah, yeah. yeah and so, so it's a, so they're it's next a, to her, right? So it's not just um, like mindless, like Zorro just goes out with a sword. Like it's mm-hmm. also like kind of like you want your kind of classic Batman to be. It's a little bit detective, it's a little, little like a little bit Batman spy, James Bond, yeah, a little bit spycraft kind of thing going on. So yeah. yeah, he's infiltrating the group, and that's where he meets. Elena, which is the adult daughter that Don Raphael had stolen from Anthony Hopkins. Mm-hmm. Original Zorro, now all grown up, now beautiful woman, and of course she has a thing with Zorro, mm-hmm. the, the new Zorro, um, and uh, they become that's the he's the love interest. Better not be the old Zorro, that's her dad. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so what gets confusing with all those multiple Zoros, yes. and um, so yeah, she's our love interest, and she's wonderful in this, um, and we can kind of talk about if we think her character was well handled, not well handled, or somewhere down the middle, a little, little down the middle. <laughs> all right. Um, Okay, that is the plot. <laughs> I don't think I forgot any of the other major. He has a horse, um, you know. Otherwise, it's it's Zorro and but, a whip. Yeah, but a lot of the movie is like, yeah, a lot of it is the relationship. I mean, they have great chemistry, of course. So a lot of it is. I thought all the actors did. Yeah, a lot I of this is, was like a great cast. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. Yeah. So all right, well let's um let's get into it. What what is your kind of like history with this movie? Like, how, did you see it when it first came out? Have you seen it multiple times? Um, and what is your kind of take on it, especially this most recent viewing? I've seen it multiple times, and I think I, I must have seen it around the time it came out. Yeah. I don't think in the theaters. I don't remember seeing it in the theaters. But mm-hmm. like when I was young, action movies were like my thing. Like horror and action were like the things that I would constantly gravitate towards. Like. The whole reason I picked this is because I've been on like a James Bond kick lately. Yeah. Where I've been watch or I had actually haven't been watching all the Bond films yet. I bought like this awesome box set oh, with all of the Bond films. I need to go through that up whole until series. Spectre. And I bought, really? And I bought the um, the encyclopedia, which is pretty okay. awesome too. All right. <laughs> and I'm like looking forward to going through them all. Even though, like I think I've pretty much seen them all. Right. Like, but it's fun to... There, I think there are some there that I've only seen when I was like 15 right. or 12 or something. It'd be nice to see them with fresh eyes. Um, and did you recognize the director at all? No, I was going to ask you. Because I, I tried to like make note of the name, but I did not recognize We've talked about him before, and the reason that I thought about this movie is it's Martin Campbell. Okay. Who did Goldeneye and Casino Royale, which are two of the best oh. Bond movies 
um, of recent memory that I can think of. And I, this is also kind of a good Bond movie. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, so this came before... No, this came... This was after GoldenEye. Very interesting. And so this is like a Steven Spielberg... Yeah, I did notice he was like one of the brain producers. Child. Yeah, and yeah. it does have that feel a little bit, that Amblin's yeah. Entertainment kind of uh, yes. vibes going on. I mean, bit. that's kind of what they wanted it to be. Yep. They wanted it to be like a family movie almost, yep. you know? Yeah. Um, well, what was I talking about? My history with it? Um, you were watching all the James Bond movies and... Yeah, and then I just saw... And I don't want to be like, have you heard of this movie franchise called the James Bond franchise? Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> I wanted to talk about something a little more obscure. Yeah. And then I remembered, like... I think I knew Martin Campbell directed this, but I didn't. I didn't just like put two and two together. Um, and then I rewatched it. And I'm like you can actually kind of tell that oh, this yeah. guy did this. And I, I'm always in awe of like the directors who just action directors who it seems like it's just a chaos. Like how the fuck do they? I, right. I thought that when I saw Casino Royale, I was like, how do you? How the fuck do you put this action scene together? Right. Like there's the one at the airport and the one at the beginning where he's chasing the guy at the parkour chase. Like, how the fuck do you even put this together? Some of it's fake, some of it's real. Yeah. And then I always think the directors are going to be some crazy off-the-wall guy. And then you listen to interviews with Martin Campbell. He's a guy from New Zealand. He's just like, hmm. the interviews with him, and he does a commentary, too, that I listen to. And he's like, well, you know, we just we got uh, the guys together, and uh, the second unit crew uh, put this, uh, jumped off the building here. <laughs> right. Explosion out. <laughs> and someone almost died on this one. Right. The, I guess you know, that's, how you that have weird? To, that's how you have to be, though, I guess. Yeah, you kind of have to be the manager. It, like the it makes total like, sense. Yeah. Like we've said before on this uh, show, like the, the director is essentially the manager of the movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you, I guess you kind of got to have that. It makes total sense. And he talks about how he wants the action scenes. And so true if you watch all of them. How he wants the action scenes, like you were talking about, how like rock solid it is plot, yeah. plot wise. Um, the action scenes can like stop and have like a quiet moment, yeah, and then build, and then they finish with the big bang at the end, and they all have to they have to like convey information. It's like their own each their own little mini movies, all the little yeah. action set pieces. Set pieces, are. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. That part just really impressed me. I actually think that kind of the story um, drags like. In the middle of it. Oh, yeah. Because there's a long period where Zorro's not even in it. Right. And the story is interesting. And I actually think, like, Antonio Banderas is fantastic in this. I think he's, like... This is like a breakout performance for him. Because I think he was, like, the perfect choice. Perfectly cast. Oh, yeah. yeah. Perfect. And, like, where where was he in his career? And where was Catherine Zeta-Jones in her career? Like, this wasn't her, like, first movie, was it? No, I think she'd been in... Can't think of one else. Yeah, and I was actually trying to think of that too with Antonio Banderas. Like, what was his breakout movie? Yeah, um, he was... had. Oh, here's the other connection: is he was in uh, that movie Desperado. Mm-hmm. You know, Desperado. Have you seen that one? The Robert Rodriguez one. No, I know. Because originally this was going to be a Robert Rodriguez movie. Oh. And Desperado came out with Antonio Banderas and Steven Spielberg. You know, he's always looking yeah, for the new yeah. next guy, and he wanted to make his aura picture for a long time. Okay. So he picked Robert Rodriguez. Huh. Yeah. And for whatever series of events, like, Robert Rodriguez fell out, and then Spielberg liked Goldeneye, and then Spielberg brought in Martin Campbell okay. to pick up the slack. Interesting. And it's kind of funny, because it's like, oh, you think, like, what was there? Like, again, I think there'd be, like, bad blood between them, or, like, Robert Rodriguez. Because this seems, like, perfect for Robert Rodriguez, too. Kind of, yeah, but in a way, I'm kind of glad. He's less of an intellectual, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
But um, and a little bit too much of a stylist in a way. Yeah. You know what I mean? It would yeah. it would have been a different movie. I'll put it that way. I don't know yeah. if it would have been a worse movie, but it would have been a different movie. So maybe Desperado was the one that was like yeah maybe. Big but that, that, that was, was right before. Wasn't that a little more culty though? That didn't really like break through in the way that this movie did. Or am I wrong about that? Yeah, I don't. I, I honestly don't know. Yeah, but I, it was I, fairly early in like yeah yeah his career at least mm-hmm. as it's early in Catherine Zeta Jones's too. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. She looks very young. And yeah. It's just gorgeous in this movie. I think she must have done something before, but they cuz even Martin Campbell said that Spielberg picked her. Yeah. Like he made her that he, he wanted her to be in there. Yeah. Role what role. a yeah, r- literally was a perfect cast. Yeah. And you like Anthony Hopkins as the older yeah. Zorro too? I like like the interplay between all the yeah. characters. Yeah. I like the training montages and all that yeah. stuff and yeah. you know, you get the sense like Anthony Hopkins just wanted to learn how to sword fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's why he took the role. Right. But I kind of like that. Yeah, yeah. Because you can tell it's actually him doing it. Yeah. For a lot of it. I mean, there are stunt doubles, of course. Like, you know, know Anthony but... Hopkins is so old. Yeah, they said he was like now. 59 or something when he was making this movie. So. Very impressive. <laughs> I don't know, that's cool. Very impressive, yeah. I don't know. It, it's a fun movie because I was think, also thinking about like... Um, you know, we always talk about the superhero, proto-superhero Oh, movie. yeah, I thought about that. This, that is, come this, out? this fits in there. It, it does, but it's never, like, one that kind of, like, people mention. Right. People always think of, you know, like the ones that we talk about. The Mask. I got big Rocketeer vibes from this movie. So too. did I. I was going to mention that. It reminded me of the Rocketeer. It yes. has that flavor 100%. 100%. It's the same composer. Um, you really yeah. did your homework on this movie. <laughs> yeah, I did. It's almost like you're a professional uh, pod, movie podcaster. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I told you everything except whatever the fuck your question was. I don't. Yeah, I, well, it's just kind of what you're. Th- you obviously think very highly of, of the movie. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I, but well, like, like I was saying with the story, though, there is a long stretch in the middle. Oh, well, my, what, my problem with it is it's too long, and, I, and that is always. I just wrote that down because I wanted. It's a weird complaint. I can't movies. believe I can't believe I forgot to mention that to you. It's yes. like when I because I looked up the runtime before I watched this movie, mm-hmm. and I was like, two hours and seventeen minutes. Yeah. Does this movie need to be that long? And I do no. not think it does. No. Because <laughs> this it's is totally... A, especially in 1998 for this kind of a movie, that is a long movie. Yeah. And if you think of just like, if it's trying to emulate the old Republic series yes, and stuff like exactly, that, exactly. it could have ended pretty much at any point because the plot isn't super complicated. No. Um, Despite so, my rambling uh, synopsis, it's yeah. actually fairly straightforward. <laughs> well, yeah, if you explain it like point by point, like how what's what's going on, yeah, yeah, yeah. it could take a while, but right. but, but it's it, fairly simple. Once well, I thought when I was watching it recently again, and in preparation of doing this, I started watching it in the middle, and there's the, uh, it's I think around the part where he goes to the hacienda, the big old party, yeah, where he's disguised as himself. But I like he's disguised as um whatever, yeah. Um, High society nobleman. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like that, and maybe like the twenty minutes that follow. It's like there's no Zorro, mm-hmm. there's no action, there's no like. It's kind of like the plot is being slowly, which is isn't, isn't necessarily a bad thing. No, but it feels like they just don't have anything else to say because mm-hmm. there's a long scene that's also good, I think, with yeah. Anthony Hopkins and Catherine Zeta-Jones. Where he can't quite tell her that he's her father, and she suspects something is off. She's like, I I know your voice. I know you before. I like that scene, but it got to that point where I was like, holy fuck, like, can we do something at this point now? (laughs) Yeah, we got a lot still to do, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I I gotta say, that was kind of my experience watching it. When I was watching it, though, this recent time, and I told you to watch it, because... 
This was my pick. Yes. I all I could think of is like, oh shit! I told Patrick to watch this, <laughs> <laughs> and even I'm thinking like it's too right. long. Well, it, that, I think I think we can both agree that no movie is no. Of course, no movie is perfect. So one of the issues with this movie, it is too long. Yes. So that's a problem. It should have. Yeah, not it's like had, almost two hours. Almost and, two and a half hours. Yeah, it's almost like it's like two hours and fifteen. It's minutes two hours or and two hours and seventeen minutes. Okay. Yeah. yeah so that man, you that were counting. Is, that is too long of yeah, a movie. It is. So, that, so that's an issue with this movie. But I don't want to harp on that. But it's not that. that it's too long of a movie. It's too long for this particular yes. movie. Well, yeah. That's all, well, that that's always my complaint with movies. Movies, there's no such thing as a, a perfect runtime for a movie. Although, yeah. I do love those 90-minute movies. Well, I also think this has kind of the same problems that a lot of superhero movies have, a lot of origin ones have. Because yeah. I was getting a lot of Rocketeer and a lot of, like, Dark Knight because mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of parallels you could draw between uh, Christopher Nolan's uh, Batman Begins and Dark Knight of the, right. the origin story. Yeah. And it's almost it's so weird because it's like almost when they become Zorro or Batman, then the movie's like, I don't know what else to do. Right. Like I, it just plays out as natural, and I yeah. feel like this movie does that too. And it's weird because it's like I'm here to see Zorro, right. <laughs> and once Zorro's on. Like those scenes are cool, but it like I felt like the last action scene was like well shot and cool, but, but I, it was best. like the least interesting. Yeah, to me, yeah. Which is like you don't want to end your movie like right. that. Right. I think the most interesting. It, I think it starts off really strong, where I, like I love the scene where they him and his brother ride in to that little to those um, Spanish conquistadors, whatever mm-hmm. the fuck they were, and they rob the strong box. Then they go Anthony Hopkins fighting. Um, Antonio Banderas drunk. Like, I right. love that scene. I love them training together. Yeah. I love, like, and then after that, it does get around to that point where he has to then become Zorro. Actually, I like his first mission as Zorro. Right. Kind of, like, goes off, again, like Batman. There's a little, like, pre-mission, like, just to try it out and right. things go wrong. Right. And the Rocketeer does that, too. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but then by the time it's Zorro, it's like, I do, I feel like they just kind of, like, run out of things to do. Yeah. Are they like with with these kind of stories? You kind of got to get in and get out quick, yeah. you know. Otherwise, you do start to realize that maybe there's not that much to it. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, which is is always the case with superheroes. You know, yeah. people complain. It's like, oh, the first one's always the origin. It's always the origin. It's always the origin. Another origin superhero origin. But it's like, well, but there's not too much more to superheroes. Than yeah, that. it's like that once, can be good. Though. Once they I have like... their origin, they pretty much just keep fighting different guys. You right. know what I mean? That's right. kind of all there is to yeah. it. I think Batman mean? Begins has that problem a lot, too. Yeah. Well, this one had a little bit... The fact that, that he was like... there's It was a little bit more of a kind of like... A, almost like a spy movie. Like, he's kind of like undercover. Yeah. That, that gave it a little bit more of an interesting twist. But then, as you say, the flip side of that is like, but we want to see a guy in a mask with a sword riding mm-hmm. a horse. You know, so it's... You know, it's kind of it's kind of tricky. I, I wonder if part of the, the issue, though... Um, this is kind of like pra- damning and praising at the same time is like that it was too long is because maybe they were just like, God, it's all kind of good. You kind of hate to lose any of it too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the Zorro undercover stuff is good. The training is good. The, the, the setting things up is good. You know what I mean? And then of course you have to pay it off. The romance works, the chemistry between all the characters, like you said, is great. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if they were just like, God, I, we kind of don't want to cut any of this, even though I think they could have yeah. and probably, had a cleaner, tighter, more exciting movie that really did leave you wanting more because it is clear that they wanted this to be a franchise all of James Bond. I mean, like you said, that opening sequence has him yes. in silhouette 
Um, you know, and it, it's like James Bond walking down the barrel of a gun. Hundred percent. And you know that was their thinking. They're like, okay, this is going to be a new franchise. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And it it didn't quite become that, although there was one more. Um, but I think maybe if they had tightened this first one up a little bit, yes. you always want people to be like wanting a little bit more and end the film a little early. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Leave them kind of like. Well, I think knowing a little bit of the behind the scenes stuff, I think it does. Again, Rocketeer, I think it feels like it's bloated yeah. because there's like, I think five or six writers. Okay. And it had been in development for like a few years. Yeah. Like I said, like Robert Rodriguez was originally involved. Yeah. And I guess they said he found, like, a lot of the locations, and I think he picked Antonio Banderas. So, like, he was involved with it. Great-looking movie, too, I just thought when you said locations. I mean, we haven't mentioned the cinematography. Um, And this this movie's been well taken care of, too. Like, like I watched it on streaming, and it looked phenomenal. Yeah, so it does seem kind of like that, where it's like, like, you're right. I think they want, like, everything was so good. It's like, it's like if you have so many writers in the room, Everybody wants to have their little bit right. in there. And there probably was a guy who was like, "This, the key to Zorro is the romance, or the key to Zorro is the that he's not just a... Yeah, fuses he's a dual it's like identity. The no. subterfuge. It's like, oh no, but he's like Batman. And the, oh no, it's the relationship between him and yeah. the other guy. And the, the thing is, it all this was kind of one of those movies where everything was kind of clicking and working. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I still think there's a way to kind of like get that stuff in there and trim trim it up and, and tighten yeah. it. But but it, but even me, I'm like, I, I, I don't know what I would have cut exactly. I feel know? like for some reason the last like time I watched it, that scene where he's infiltrating the Don. Yeah, that, I feel like that just too much of that. Way too long. Too much of that. Yeah. Maybe it's because Zoro's not in it, but I like I don't even know if that's the problem or not. Right. I I almost kinda of was kinda of thinking like what exactly do they want at this point? Like, right. They're kind of like waiting around for the villains to explain the rest of the plot. Yeah, that's true. There wasn't like a... Like he wasn't a, like discovering anything. Right. He was just like waiting around. And it was a little bit vague too. It wasn't like we need to figure out the location of this or we need yeah. to get this. It was just it like... It didn't become specific until... Like, it's just like mill around with these guys and get figure out what's going on. Yeah, then it, then eventually they get they need the map it, and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, it doesn't but. become specific until, yeah, the map, and then I, I'm, I was thinking the part where he goes, yeah, we have to blow up the mine. Well, yeah. And then you're like, oh, yeah, that's right, this movie needs stakes. Well, that's what, ele- <laughs> like, right. yeah, that's what elevates it into yeah. that third act. But, but um, until that, like, I don't think it was like, it, to me it didn't feel like it was building to that. Yeah, that's true. It does kind of meander a little bit. I uh, felt the same way with the, with the fight with him and um, Catherine Zeta-Jones, too. I like that scene, but it almost kind of came out of nowhere. But that's like iconic. I like, like that's oh, what I, I remember from the trailer. I, I like that scene yeah. a lot. I would have put it in a different spot in the movie. And I love that it like kind of establishes her as like not. Yeah, just it's like finally. This, yeah, like she like this is like that. One thing I thought about this is like this is like a Marvel movie. It's yeah. It's it's a superhero. It's really long. <laughs> it's got A-list actors, or or it's got a mix of A-list actors and up-and-coming. Well, that's like, why I thought about it with like the proto-superhero movies that we always talk about. Because yeah. we always mention that, but I don't, we've never talked about this movie. But this and I always one, think of this one. But this one is further in the in the in the proto-superhero movies. Yeah, that this we, is ninety eight. But but I mean, it's it's more recent time-wise, but it's also closer to the the. It basically is the current. Oh, model. it's more fully formed. Yeah, like. it, for it basically is a Marvel movie. It's like it's character driven. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's superheroes. It's it's long. You know what I mean? Good it, actors. Good That's one thing that I always good acting, have. Good And and it has um the kind of like um irreverent kind of humor. 
from the main guy that has become a trademark of, yeah. of the Marvel films. You know, Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man kind of style. Yes. And it wants to be a franchise. I mean, it's very much like it is a modern superhero movie. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, but um, it's not like any of that stuff is like in a disparaging way. It's like they kind of did that no, stuff well. No, <laughs> I'm saying it as like uh, kind of maybe ahead of its time a little bit. Like yeah. it kind of like yeah. pointed the way towards where genre was going to go. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's and, and and again, like the Marvel Supers, it's an old character from like pulps or yeah. comics, but made modern. You know what I mean? This feel is this feels like a very like modern you know yeah. movie. Um, so I and I think all that stuff works in its favor. Yeah, you know, but you sure. didn't like Catherine Zeta Jones, or you didn't feel like they did. Her, oh yeah, her no, that's, that's how I got. That's how that got on that that track. Um, because, that kind of have the same. That is the, that was one of the modern things about it was like I like that they're like because I I would assume in most of the pulps like the the heroine is just kind of typical. Oh, yeah. The girl know, like, is just the prize that you win. But she had a little bit more agency here, and I love the sword fight with Zora and all that. She, I think maybe that's the problem, because she did have more agency, and it came... I feel like that scene is like right at the very end of the movie. Yeah. Like, that should have happened well, way earlier. And of course, how that scene ends with the stupid gag of her cutting well, off. Well, yeah. Her, which <laughs> was a lame gag, I would assume, in 1998. Yeah. And in 20... There are a few lame And in 2021... It really, especially after the she kind of steps up and shows herself as a cable fighter, <laughs> at that moment it yeah. really makes you like, oh, I just you have to do that, you know, yeah. you know, and and I'm not the guy to be like, you know, whatever, you know, impose my current opinions on older films, yes. but it was just kind of like a little bit of like, oh man, that plays so lame now. But yeah, of course, that, I remember that from all the trailers, you know, yes. that was a big selling point of it or whatever. I like it in theory. The way it was shot was really kind of stupid. It, like, the way the clothes fall off, it's like a Benny, like Benny Hill or yeah. something. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so, yeah. it seems so unnecessary, you know. It's I like, mean, it's kind of like a cool idea as like they're kind of cutting each other's clothes off. Yeah, but it was but unnecessary. It because you have so much like chemistry anyway between these characters. But it shows her that she's like attacking him. Yes, you know? that part I liked. That I just wish it hadn't been undercut with a lame gag at the end. You yes. know what I mean? So, yes, it's true. Um, so, so a bit of a mixed feelings about that particular character, but yeah. nothing, no, nothing disparaging against Catherine Zeta Jones. I mean, yeah, I think if they would have put that earlier on and then had given her yeah. a few more scenes, yeah. where she felt like, because I think even I forget what interview I heard. It was like Martin Campbell maybe talking about it. But they wanted her to be like the opposite of what, like the typical heroine would be. She was she would like, because I think there's a scene where she talks about how she would sneak out of the house at night, right? And she was like not who um, Zora one originally like wanted her to be. Yeah, like the beautiful delicate flower, and she was like almost rebelling against that. Right. Or she was rebelling against her adoptive dad. Well, yeah, the, I, I read the same with her as... But is that, like, that didn't come through until, like, that scene at the very end. Right, yeah. So it's like, what's the point of even having it Yeah, there? like, I think it was supposed to be, like, because they would say, like, she, didn't they say something like, she has, she has, oh, has a wildness in her or something like that? So, like, There's some line so, like, like that, So, like, Don yeah. Raphael, the one who raised her, wanted her to be, like, proper, yes. prim... You know, she's got a little bit of Zorro spirit in her, like exactly, yeah. So yes. that I kind of like that, but you're right. I don't know that that came through very organically. For yeah, me. I feel like I feel like it didn't. Yeah, but not even that didn't come through organically. I don't think it came through at all. Yeah, until like the last scene. Yeah, like what else does she do? She dances. Right. She dances with him. Right. She right. like they have like a little interplay where they like right. flirt with each other. And, right. Right. 
And then the sword fight at the end, I, I keep feeling like that's like really at the very end, like they just threw that in. Yeah. Like I almost wish that would have been sooner. Yeah, like we need a trailer moment, so we'll yeah. put that in there. I mean, it's a good trailer moment, but. Yeah. I do remember that was in the trailer. <laughs> I definitely remember that. I was yes. like, oh yeah, that's where he cuts her clothes off. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, whatever. I did hear some review that said it was a genuine bodice ripper. I was like, oh, that's a good term for yeah, it. Because yeah. <laughs> literally they do it. Yeah. Oh well. Some work, some don't. I do think some of the humor in the gags don't work, but well, yeah, I, it's such I, a small part of it. Yeah, I, I do. It's not a comedy. It, no, but it it does kind of rely on uh, you thinking um, Banderas is kind of funny and and yeah, and yeah, charming and like I think he's charming, funny, maybe a little little less so. You know what I mean? I didn't I didn't laugh at a lot of the, like the the gags. I didn't really laugh either, but I feel like it's the the humor was more aimed at like the family friendly shit. Yeah, yeah. Where it's like you know whatever, take it or leave it. The part like he'll jump off the building and the horse moves. Right. Like, are you laughing at that? Right. I didn't laugh at that. Yeah. Clearly that's meant to be a joke, but it's like a joke for kids, you know? Yeah, so, or it kind of, may, at best, maybe lends the kind of, like, Spielbergian kind of charm to yeah. the movie, but yeah. it doesn't have that sharp... Spielberg's hu- hand sharp was, like, humor that everywhere the, on Sharp it. humor that the best of the Marvel movies have. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Spielberg is usually a pretty hand... Or he can be a pretty yeah. hands-on director. Yeah. Uh, I, think he, I think he was with this one a lot, too, yeah. from what Martin Well, it, it, it feels, like I said, it feels like an Amblin entertainment... Mm-hmm. Kind of. Yeah, I think it was so weird because Martin Campbell was talking about some scene. It wasn't even an action scene or anything. It was like, I forget what it was, but it was some really simple like cut. And he's like, I'd always shot movies because he came up like doing TV series in New Zealand and stuff. Uh-huh. So he like did a hundred TV series. Well, that's before why he he's got so, make... that's why he's so you yeah, do this and you... then you do this yep. and then you do this and it takes Yeah, that's why I said like it's... it's like perfectly organized. Yeah. And he's like, he's never afraid to say like, well, th- the second unit shot this stuff. He's like, I was sitting back right. and I let them do whatever they wanted. Right. But he's like, I hired everybody and I, like, yep. he gets the credit for it because yep. he does everything. That's like those that. TV directors. They get that done, that shit done. Yeah, but he was talking about, like, he lets them shoot whatever the hell they want and then, like, he takes a week off or a vacation and he comes back with, he wants all the footage and then he, like, makes the movie he's out the, of it. He's the boss. He's the manager of the movie. <laughs> I was like, I it's love so, it. like, perfectly organized. Yeah. <laughs> but there was one scene where he's like, oh, I always shot it this way, where it's like, you cut on this action, and Spielberg was like, "No, you should do it like this." Yeah, and it was some weird like, is Sp- was Spielberg really watching those little scenes? Like, right. you'd think he just like watched the big action, like the bodice ripping scene or something. Right. And he was like, "Oh no," but he was right. Like, I, like I'll do that he, from he, now he on. Said Spielberg was right. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's like basically Spielberg made like a little tiny adjustment. He's like, yeah. "No, cut quicker on this," and it wasn't even anything action related. It was like some like yeah some small thing you wouldn't think of and he was like oh no he was totally right well we've talked about this before of like uh, yeah almost the exact thing has come up before yeah when we talked about gremlins with spielberg uh, oh yeah yeah. i was thinking raiders or not raiders but uh, kingdom of the crystal skull yeah yeah little i guess we'll have to go full on spielberg at one time but he he as a producer he's still he He's at her. He's a director, yeah. and and he. I would say like micromanaging, but that almost sounds bad, right? But which which like, maybe there's only more one. There's on. maybe only one case where we can say it maybe went a little too far with this poltergeist, but. Um, oh yeah. Um, yes. But but he literally two hands. But but like when we talk about Gremlins and stuff, like I'd pick out little bits of that movie, and like that feels like Spielberg, and then inevitably you'd be like, yes, Spielberg came in, and he yeah. said, and these little changes really do, mm-hmm. and inevitably his collaborators, regardless of maybe how they felt at the time with the producer horning in his 
is like, yeah, you know what? He was yeah. he was right. Yeah, that's know? why I like Martin Campbell's response to that too, because again, he's just like this really like straightforward. Right. Guy. Well, and so like, no, then we, we shot that we shot that information, and then I took a week's vacation, and then <laughs> came back, and they had already shot the helicopter stunt. And, right. Like, that wasn't even talking about James Bond, but it's like it's so weird because in my brain, I'm just thinking this crazy off the wall right. guy. He's <laughs> like an auteur, but he, yeah. he like isn't. He's, he's got like, all these crazy ideas that right. just can't be contained on film. Right. It's like. Nope, and then we have, we got all the horses together, and he right. was talking about like the horse stunts in the movie. Like, I don't know. Well, it's interesting. It's, it's interesting to me, like these guys who are like, they're almost just like they're craftsmen, but almost like they don't make sense. Hmm. Where it's like this, not that Mark Campbell's this way, but I think of other directors like that, maybe like John Ford, like going way back. Mm-hmm. They're these gruff, tough guys. Right. And then they craft, they just fell in love with the craft of cinema. Art, yeah. Yeah, well, some kind of art, but more, but specifically cinema. Okay. Because it's like, it's not like they're, uh, like, I don't know, a comparison, like they're uh, doing clay, you know, like right. making pottery or something like that. Like, if you get older, you fall in love with doing that. But it's like, these guys fell in love with making films and stuff. And it feels like, almost like it wouldn't make sense. Like, why would Martin Campbell, why would this guy, like, I just keep seeing him in interviews and stuff. I'm like, this is the guy that directed James Bond. Like, you could imagine. Not that I think he sounds sounds stupid, but he sounds like he'll, he sounds really smart, actually, in terms of, like, storytelling. Right. But it's just not the type of person that I picture in my mind. Like, you could imagine him having applied the same kind of attitude in craftsmanship, like, carpentry or something. Yeah, yeah, You know what I mean? Instead of, like, making an artistic work. Um, Yeah, I totally know what you're saying, and and I do have that kind of admiration. There are a lot of people like that I can't think of, like, Oh, yeah, and I I know what you're saying. Those kind of, like, meat and potatoes, kind of, like, just kind of, There's a book about those guys called Five That Came Back. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. That's all I know. Yeah, no, I love that, though. But now... I, I think I will say though on the the and I think probably related to this the the reason like I feel like this is very much your kind of movie like when I was watching it well, I was it's like kind of like a I Raiders like, ripoff this is a Jordan movie it's like yeah. it's like Raiders of the Lost it's one of the action genre it, it, like this is Raiders of the Lost Ark this is James Bond you know this is like mm-hmm. very, set pieces this is very much like a Jordan film you know because like you and i like we i think we have pretty similar sensibilities but we definitely each have our own sections of the venn diagram you know what i mean there's a lot of crossover but you and i each have our own little sections of the venn diagram so i'm like okay this is this is more of a jordan movie um i feel like we always do those though you gotta pick something (laughs) but like uh i uh what I was going to say is, like, I, I think the reason, like, I don't, like, love this movie is, like, it, it comes down to that, like, dispassionate craftsman in that, like... Oh, it doesn't... I think I know what you mean, too. And, like, yeah. every, it's like I said, like, t- you can teach this screenplay, everything clicks together and works perfectly yeah. as a perfectly constructed action movie. But for me, despite the chemistry of the, the characters and the actors, which, which do a lot to, to bring you through the, the film, mm-hmm. it just kind of sits there as what it Te- is. It's technically kind of cold. It's, it leaves me a little cold. Yeah. It, it, I, it, it's I, actually I a, a fairly warm film just because of the chemistry between all the actors. But for me, that kind of thing... I tend to not get as excited about it. I yeah. tend not to... My genre is not um, set pieces. The James Bond movies. The That's just Raiders me being more, like, 
technically minded about it. Right. Like, I'm almost more in love with how they made yeah, this movie you're a little bit as more opposed to the movie itself. You're a little bit more intellectual. Well, that's the other thing that I forgot to mention when I'm picking this movie is we were trying to do like 90s Yeah, that was, that was how we originally got on this. Macho, yeah. whatever it yeah, was yeah. we were trying to do. And I was watching so many of them that right. I kept trying to like find a good one. Like it was almost, we almost did Air Force One. Right. I even looked at Eraser, the old... Uh, oh, yeah, with the really bad CGI Which was alligator. Chuck Russell, who did The Mask. Okay, who I found. all right. <laughs> which is not good, actually. It doesn't hold up. <laughs> uh, like Commando. Yeah. And um, there's another like... good one called Big Game. That wasn't from the 90s, but okay. it's like a like homage to the yeah. 90s action movies. But the thing that kept coming up with this, I like, watched these, and you know some of them are good. Most of them, I feel like, didn't hold up. Right. Kind of a lot of special effects wise. Yeah, I um, remember a bad a CGI alligator in the Eraser. That's all I remember yes. about the Eraser. That is literally I don't even remember what the movie is about. But I went to see it in the theaters because I love the You are correct. You're that absolutely is all, correct. And it was bad at the time. Yes. So now I'm sure it looks oh, like it's a, terrible. A, a cartoon. <laughs> it does. Yes, it does. Yeah, yeah. But the thing I kept coming back to is like I check them out, and some of them are better than others, and some like there's good part. There are good parts to Eraser, but overall it's not. That great, right? But ultimately, at the end of the day, I was like, "There's not really a lot to." They're so straight. I kept saying they're so straightforward that there's nothing really to See, say. See, that's about my them. problem with this one, and and almost it's and this isn't it's like Harrison Ford is good as the president of the United States. Some of the action scenes are good, but right. you know, it's like almost like I don't have the tools or well, I, that's I can't explain my, that's why. That's my so problem good. with this one is like it's not not even that what makes it less than a great movie, but what makes it like a difficult subject for me for like a podcast is just like. It, it all just works. Like I, just, yeah. I don't know what else to say about it than that. You know what I mean? I get it that. Works, it's not but like, like I don't think I'll ever rewatch it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I think you you like movies that hit you more in the feels. Yes, you are more. I don't head necessarily and I'm need heart. that. Yeah, but you're you're more you're more head. I'm more heart. We we both are have both. You know what I mean? <laughs> I but, would hope so. But I think I tend to go a little bit more the. Yeah. To me, of, to me, it's like I don't need that. To me, it's like the performances of Anthony Hopkins and Antonio Banderas is enough for a movie like this. Yeah, but you. You know, also, it's like people, you also people, enjoy like the action and set pieces a lot more than I do. Oh yeah. Like I, I, I don't get as excited about that kind of stuff for whatever for whatever reason. Like it's technically like admirable, but like just as a viewer, like a little of that goes a long way. Well, I know me. as a kid, if I saw like an action scene in a trailer to a movie, even if the movie didn't look interesting to me, I wanted to go. see You would it. want, yeah. So like, yeah. that's kind of where I was at. Like I'm yeah. talking about like 14 or 15. Right, or right, like right, that, right, so. right. Yeah. But yeah, so it's like I, I, um, I wouldn't go. I was trying you're to. Like, think, like, you're like, I don't know anything to say about it. I'll never watch it again. So yeah, <laughs> I, I probably wouldn't. Well, I was trying to think like to just kind of like. Would, I've seen it multiple times, but it's like, would we recommend this movie? You know? Yeah. You know, like you would probably recommend. I, I think it. I would because I think it's more of like, um, just those like a good example of like the superhero movie action movie from the '90s. That's yeah. kind of why I, I finally settled on this one. Because I, I was think, like, it kind of has all that stuff. I think that's the most interesting thing to say about it. And it's it. a like, little unknown. Like, it's a little... It does kind of have a cult it's maybe got It maybe got... Yeah, well, that's the thing about it. And it was it, like, huge at the time, it but now it's like... It didn't stick. Well, it's like Twister. Like, remember Twister was huge? And I now, almost thought about doing yep, Twister and no, as well. And now Twister... And it just went away. Yep. You know what I mean? Although I think Twister probably deserved to go away. Um, but yeah, this is probably... It just didn't stick for whatever reason. Yeah. I would say that's the most interesting thing about it. Like it, it, it basically like nailed the current Marvel superhero formula, like mm-hmm. just a little early, just really just a few years early, um, because it's all kind of there. But like 
for me, I guess what I recommend it, I wouldn't talk someone out of seeing it because this is a very well-made movie. Yeah. But it's not the kind of movie I'm like, hey, you know what you got to check out. It's yes. massive. Like, you can kind of live your life without seeing the masses or on your video. To totally me, this, this one's been a little more comfort food for me because yeah. I, I had seen it a long time and then I went a long time because this is a genuine dumpster dive. This is like yep. a, the Superbit DVD, if yep. anybody knows what those are. Yep. <laughs> those, um, I, I bought it a long time ago. Or I bought it... Um, maybe a few years ago, having not seen it in a long time. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is pretty good. Like, yeah, is, and it is. It I bought is, it for know. cheap, and I was like, this is pretty good. Yeah. Why, why don't people talk about this right. more? So. Yeah. Well, I think that's that's kind of the perfect way. It, it is a movie that I think deserves to kind of get a little, you know, our show gives a bump to all these movies going going nuts. Well, know, the, the, the other funny thing I remember that I read about it is, they pushed it back to be a summer movie because okay. they wanted because originally it was going to be like during uh, like a Christmas, Christmas movie, yeah. but then they thought like the, everybody was like in love with it. Yeah, and that's why you're talking about the ad campaign. It went on super long because oh, okay. they started it back then. They started it like in the winter, and then it kept going, and oh, then they kept okay. pushing it back. Oh, okay, and then they 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 pushed it back because they didn't want to come out at the same week as Titanic. They didn't want to compete with Titanic. And then it ends God, up coming, what a time. but then it comes out on the same weekend as um, Saving Private Ryan, Holy and there's shit. something about Mary. God, what a time! But it, but it was still a huge success. So what like, a, boy, those see, three movies came out on the same day. Man, I bet those theater owners are. <laughs> I just think it's funny days. that like they pushed it back to avoid Titanic, and then it ends up coming out against like Spielberg wow. again. Can you imagine that uh, Titanic, something about Mary, Mask of Zorro, yeah. and what was the other one? Saving Private, Saving Private Ryan. Ryan. Now you can't. And get, how diverse! Too. Now you can't get people into this. A love story, right. a war movie, an action movie, a comedy. How <laughs> far we've come! Yeah, and they were all blockbusters. So. Yeah, God, boy, we are we are not in that era now. Yeah, I just I just thought that was funny. Like we're, they're trying to avoid Titanic, yeah. <laughs> and they run headfirst into. Well, I'm just like I'm Ryan. just like blown away by like just the the. How the theater landscape has changed with that little snapshot oh, yeah. you just gave of yep. 1998, but that yep. was that was the year, right? It's like you always think of Titanic, but it's like yeah, you forget. well, you, you also kind of think the 90s is not a good period for films. But. Yeah, but I mean, you know, look what was, you know, look what was going on as far as like yeah, you know, good stuff, yeah, good not, stuff and not there. that long ago, and now it's like you know, between Marvel movies, you can't get people into a, a movie theater. It's and, just it's in other places. Yeah, that's a whole other whole long much longer complex discussion but yeah that's interesting that's interesting so what a what a year um okay anything anything i don't have really much else to say about it i don't i don't want to say anything bad about it because it's a well-made movie but i also um like i said it's not one that i would put in my personal canon it's not one that i would say like you guys have got to go out and see this movie. Mm -hmm. For me personally, it probably would have been more interesting if it worked a little less well. Like if there were some parts that didn't work as well, that would have made it more interesting. Yes. You know what I mean? It almost was just like too well made. I'm like, this is a well made movie, but it like like, you're like said, every shitty internet reviewer where you're just chomping at the bit to no, rip I'm not. It apart. I'm not like no, that. No, I, I know you're not like that. But, but, but like it. It like like when you told me about like the director and his attitude, like he's mm. just very straightforward, gets it done. This is how you make a film. This is that's what it feels like to me. Like yeah. very competently produced by a professional at the top of his craft. Yeah. But I'm I'm kind of like so what? And to me, it's you like I, mean? I would love to see like a making of documentary of how they did the action scene. Like, that's yeah. what I would be into. I would. Probably, I know I know everybody wouldn't right. be into that. But I would probably rather watch that than than the movie again. 
you know what I'm yeah. saying? So yeah. it's like, and, and then all the behind the scenes stuff that you said, I thought was really interesting. It's just like the the film itself. Yeah, is if you like, say it eh, doesn't like okay. affect you in the same way, like I get it. And yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, so. yeah. It's a, it's a Jordan. It's a Jordan pick. <laughs> um, Take that for whatever that means. Well, you gave a lot of uh, behind the scenes. Yeah, I think that's all. I making of stuff. And nothing else you want to like throw in? I think no. I think I pretty much. Oh, Martin, Martin Campbell. Also talking about superheroes. Martin Campbell did the first uh, that Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern movie. Oh no! <laughs> so I just thought I'd mention. Well, that. we'll be covering that next time. <laughs> Is there any, anything you want to say about the sequel? There is a Mask of Zorro too. I, don't know. I haven't seen it. Yeah, I don't know anything about it. See, I found out. I think I knew that there was. Um, but so I had the DVD and then I saw that I, you could also buy, there's like a double pack of uh-huh. that one in the sequel. I'd never seen the sequel and I was planning on watching it before doing this, but I didn't get to it. So hmm. I have it now and I'm, I plan to watch it, but it also kind of has a reputation of not being good. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. That it one. came out in like, it's weird cause that one came out in 2005, which would have been the year before Casino Royale. So yeah. it, it'd be interesting. See again, like behind the scenes, it'd be more interesting to see it like in that context. Yeah, but well, I, you know, I don't really have high hopes for well, it. You know I've heard like, that it's not good. It's like we say it too. It's like this one was such like it was big, but then it was gone. Mm-hmm. And I think like if it took till 2005, to yeah, that's the weird thing. People had forgotten Mask of Zorro. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just like, so it might genuinely be good. It might just got kind of like forgotten in the sands of time. Maybe that would be so. the one to look at. I was it the same director? Do you know? It was. It was Martin Campbell again. Maybe that Antonio Banderas and Catherine Zeta Jones. That one might be the one to look at. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I honestly. I was planning on being able to talk about it, but I can't. You know what? It's funny. I seen it. I, I'm having, a and it's so funny because it's like I love this one so much, right? And there's a sequel. I think it's like you're, you're saying, like in 2005, people like that long later, I'm like, eh, yeah, they've moved on. Yeah, and, but it's funny. It's but like, now I am curious. Now that you say it, I va- I feel like I vaguely the Legend of Zorro. I vaguely called. remember seeing like previews for that, and I think my reaction was. Didn't that come out already? Didn't that movie already come out? Didn't they already yes. make a Zorro movie with Anthony Yeah. And I think that's what happened. It's just this movie, for whatever reason, it just didn't stick in people's consciousness. Yes. And then they come out with it like so long after I was like, that's too late. So yeah. maybe The Legend of Zorro in 2005, maybe that is a, that could be a genuine dumpster dive. Yeah, well, we'll have... Justin. But I, honestly, I've heard that, like, reviews and stuff, it's not. Well, we'll just in the same way that they... Um, let enough time pass that people had forgotten that they did Mask of Zorro when they came with the sequel. We'll, we'll let enough time pass, and then eventually, when you guys have forgotten we did this episode, we'll, come we'll, out with a we'll shitty drop sequel to our episode about the sequel, like, you know, yes. and, and nobody will, will care. So, all right. Um, yeah, that's what I want to end on a positive note because I didn't, I didn't dislike the movie, but, you know, like I said, it's, it's a, it's a Jordan pick, and I'm, I'm neutral on it. I'm neutral. I'm going to take that as a compliment. Yeah, as, as, as you should, as you should. So, okay. Um, well, we'll uh, put a pin in Zorro and uh, jump put into... Sword. Put a sword through Zorro and uh, jump into our our famous and beloved... This is what the fans yes. come for. Yes. They usually... Um, they, they tell me uh, to skip over the main discussion mm-hmm. uh, for the... The uh, Beyond the Dive. See, thing. I've heard just skip over all of it. But... Yeah, they do. Oh, they, okay. Yeah, they just... They, they don't... They, they don't listen to it at all. They just they download it. All right. Well, don't build it up too much because I'm actually not that pleased with my pick because yeah. I couldn't come up well, with this, anything. So we're going to do our Beyond the Dive segment. This is just basically where we talk about something else that we're reading or watching or interested in or have been have been doing or whatever um, beyond the main features. So um, do you want me to go first or do you want to go first? Because um, mine isn't, isn't super great. I'll go because mine I don't think is that interesting. Okay. So. Um, how much do you know about Evan Darkin? 
a little some. I follow him on Instagram. He's a comic book artist. Okay, he kept popping back into my life, and I don't know why. Yeah, yeah, you, you <laughs> that happens, doesn't it? I yeah. find that I'm like, oh, this thing keeps, and that's when I know, like, okay, it's time for me to investigate. You yeah. Know so I mean? a few years ago, I bought that Bill and Ted collection yeah. that he wrote and drew. Yep. Um, which is really so good. The Bill, Bill and Ted comic book series yeah. from Mar- originally from Marvel. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's really good. Um, it's funny that you always bring up comics during the thing, and I'm the big comic. So you always had other com- comics. Well, it's, it's not a comic, though. This oh, okay. is just where I'm starting. All right. Um, so I was like, oh, Evan Darkman's kind of an interesting guy, and I like read interviews with him. And in that big Bill and Ted collection, there's like um, the letters pages and stuff, and he answers letters, and his responses are right. really funny. And he's a big um, Godzilla and Kaiju fan, too. Oh, is he? Yeah, because yeah. on Instagram he always he has like a bunch of toy, vintage toys and stuff. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, go on. So then, so, okay, again, another comic. I'm buying, I bought um, the Mask original collection again. Because okay. I used to have it. Um, so it's like the Mask Returns and Mask uh, which Strikes is, Back. Which is not by Evan Dorgan. No, no, it's okay. not. But then there's a second collection that I bought. And then I started reading it and there's, it's the second collection is not very good. Because okay. the art is kind of shitty. Okay. Um, but there's a good story at the very beginning where a little girl gets the mask and she goes trick-or-treating. Okay. And I look up the writer, Evan Dorkin wrote it. There you go. So I was like, oh, that's pretty interesting. Okay. And then I, <laughs> I don't, I forget why. I think I was talking at work with somebody about, um, this is my pick, is Space Goes Coast to Coast. Oh, Did you wonderful. know that Evan Dorkin wrote for Space Goes Coast to Coast? I don't know if I knew that <laughs> or not. I don't know if I knew that. So I bought like the first. Uh, it was weird because I didn't know. I just kind of randomly bought them. I bought like the first and the third season. I think there's four. Uh-huh. And I started watching it. And I was like, God, I forget how great this show oh, is. It well, was just, way ahead. It, it, it invented a genre. Yeah. You know, it, it invented was, the Adult Swim. Because I watched night. it when it was first on as a kid, and I thought, you know, it's just like weird and funny. The and first time I, loved I it. the first time I saw it was the bo- the Space Ghost bonus feature on the Mask DVD. He interviewed Jim Carrey. I think I remember. Really? I think I'm remembering that right. Okay, you might be right. Yeah, I think that. I was don't. It. I have no memory. Of it that, was definitely but... a DVD, and he interviewed like the the creators of it. And I think it was. Oh, that's the funny. Mask. Now I, I got to find that. Yeah, I hope I'm right about that. <laughs> but it was definitely. But that's like, it. Mine is just like revisit Space Ghost Coast to Coast because again, oh, like fantastic. I started watching it and then like I didn't even come to it because of Evan Darkin, and then I just see the credits rolling like really quickly, and I was like Evan Darkin. His name's in the credits, and he's on like a ton of episodes too. Like yeah. he was just one of the writers. It's Space Coast is. Um, I feel like it I la- is, I just bought those DVDs and I laughed so much recently. Yeah. But like, I, I forgot how. Funny I'm it afraid was. it would be one of those things like you'd show it to someone who'd never seen it, like a, a younger person now, and they'd be like, "Yeah, this is pretty good. It's kind of kind of almost as good as Aqua Teen Hunger Force or whatever." Yeah, yeah. And like, no, no, you don't understand. Like there was it's not almost as good as SpongeBob, right? I'm like, but. No, you understand. There was not stuff like that mm-hmm. when this came out. Like this was like weird, under subversive. Well, there was like way there was one time. where they did an episode where it's all women he's interviewing, uh-huh. and Space Ghost is like oh, he interviews it. the nanny, and he like falls in love with her. You know, they'll do the thing <laughs> where, where she laughs at something, and then his face turns like red. <laughs> and then they have the third guest, and it's Alice Cooper, and he's like, uh. "Oh, I remember that one." Yeah, <laughs> I, don't know, I just thought that was such a funny. Idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think Evan and they'd only have like three or four poses for space. Yes, goes, you know. <laughs> well, the best, the funniest thing is that they bring on these celebrities and they interview them for like ten seconds. Uh, <laughs> oh, I wish you would. I, I swear, I wish you would have brought these DVDs over. I there's one. There's one where he's in, watch the one where he interviews um, Bob Odenkirk and Dave Cross. I remember that one. He, oh my god, that was so funny. Cause he's like, <laughs> which one of you is the straight man? Is yeah. that that one? Yeah, he's yeah. like, he's straight and I'm gay. Yeah. What? Wait, no. <laughs> 
But then it's like, I think Space Ghost like insults him for a sec, for a minute there. It's like, you can tell like, those guys are professional comedians and they were even caught off guard by it. Right, <laughs> right. right. Bob Odenkirk was like, what did I do? Like, you invited me on the show. Well, you know what? Let like, me ask you this. I got in a fight with Space Ghost. You're so good at behind the scenes stuff. Like, what I always used to wonder about Space Ghost, um, and again, there weren't oh, a lot I of I did look it up, like actually. This. How did they film it? <laughs> they did it a few different ways. And I'll probably get it wrong because this actually I didn't do a big deep dive on. Okay. They did it where the guy who does the voice of Space Ghost, George Lowe, I think. Okay. He would be in the room with them dressed in a Space Ghost costume. Are you fucking kidding me? No. That, that's not the way they always did it. This show I, needs I, to be retroactively given an Emmy. I heard like <laughs> I heard like later on they did stuff where it's just like they had just a regular interviewer ask them like just random questions. Uh-huh. But at the beginning, I think that's the way they did it. They had him sitting there. So Beautiful. That's, that's why the interviewers talk to him and they're like, Commenting about like how he looks oh, and stuff. Okay. Like, yeah, because I would <laughs> like, I could never clever. figure it out as a kid. I'm like, what are they seeing? Yes. Like when they're like, I thought about that too, but oh my god, I, that's I, I don't, I don't want to like totally quote that. Right. But I did. I remember like reading. And it also seems there. like Space Ghost was made by people who would have just put that out there in the press, and maybe that mm-hmm. isn't how they did it. You know yeah. what I mean? But okay, it's so, totally like if, so you, if you like watch a, Adult a, Swim stuff now, like Adult Swim, that was like the beginning of it. Oh, it's like oh, those totally random. Hundred percent. There. Yeah. I mean, I don't think there Space Ghost kind of launched. Yeah. Adult Swim, like yeah. It, it grew around Space Ghost. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. That whole style of of humor. That hundred percent. Yeah. They, and, it, they, and it holds up remarkably they well. They discovered, so like, oh, okay, there's an audience of people mm-hmm. who are, you know, probably on some, you know, now legal substance, not not so much at that time, who stay up yes. late, maybe are watching cartoons, and um, they enjoy this just bizarre, weird, subversive mm-hmm. humor. And, uh, yeah, Space Ghost was, like, a very early... Uh, pioneer of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, oh, that's terrific! I'm glad you looked up a little bit about how it was filmed because I do. I looked that up like a while ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, <laughs> I, I had do, a few times where I went back and revisited. I it. do remember thinking that I, I just never figured it out. I'm like, how do they film yeah, this? It is <laughs> funny because sometimes they'll be like, "Oh, what's with that costume in space?" But he actually was there, oh, that's <laughs> and it was the guy. He was the kind of like just improv questions to him. Got so. it. Got it. Yeah, know. that's awesome. That's amazing. All right, that's my that's my Space Ghost. All right, well, Re- like revisit that's... Space Ghost if you Space Ghost Coast to Coast specifically. I feel like that was a great one. Mine isn't mine isn't as good. So um, let me try to let me try to make a segue. Uh, so we started that thing out by talking about don't Evan, say Evan Dorkin. Evan Dorkin, who um, I, I said was a big uh, kaiju fan, um, as as I am. So are as you? Well. So you know I'm a, I'm like a kaiju completist. So yes. I had to check out in anticipation of um, you know Godzilla versus Kong at the end of the month. I had to when check. When is that coming out? March 31st, so it should, be, oh, okay. should be pretty close to the... the um, I do like that poster. Oh, yeah, it's going to be great, but I mean, th- th- that movie does not need my plug, but what I what I did watch was um, Pacific Rim The Black, which is an animated series. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, that just dropped on Netflix, mm-hmm. um, and it's pretty good. <laughs> I mean, it's, Good night, everybody. It's not it's not a hundred percent ringing endorsement for it, okay. but I I actually was impressed with it. Um, it's, it's an anime, right? It's an anime. Yep. It's it's who pro- does it? It's though? produced by Legendary. They're the produce. It's it's oh, like an American. That made a movie. Yeah, it's like an American Japanese co-production, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, nowadays it's like the difference between anime and American animation is like it's all yeah. kind of the same thing. So it's like it's produced by Legendary and then it's animated by Polygon, which is a Japanese. Okay. Um, company um and it um takes place after the second movie 
Um, for a while, it wasn't really clear when. Oh it God, could... there was a second Pacific Rim. Too. Right, which I kind of, yeah, and I was going to say this might be damning. It was faint, faint praise, but it, it's it's like a better sequel than the second movie. But the second movie it'd be hard really, to be worse. Yeah, and then the second movie's not really that good at all. But um, it actually is cool. It's got like a cool premise. It takes place in Australia, and the reason it's called Pacific Rim: The Black is because. Australia is essentially being, like, taken out by kaiju. Like, all these drifts are opening. Okay. I'm not going to explain what Pacific Rim is about if you don't know at all. Yeah. Like, this is not the place giant, to explain Giant it. robot suits yeah. fighting, like, Power Rangers. <laughs> but, like, the kaiju are coming into Australia, and it, they're basically like, uh, we can't save this thing. So it's like, everyone has to get to these extraction points. Australia is going down, and we're going to initiate the black. We're going to, like, all powers out, you know, that's it. Australia has gone to the kaijus. So, of course, um, the main character just starts out, like, (laughs) Zoro, you know, 20 years ago. It's not 20 years ago. It's, like, a few years in the past. And um, the the main characters are are children, and their their parents are Jaeger pilots. Um, Is there any relation to any characters from No, no. And, in fact, that's why, like, I didn't even know when it took place in the timeline until, like, later on. It's kind of like The Mandalorian in that way, which is what makes it good. It's very much its own thing. It's as good as The Mandalorian, you're saying. Yeah, so essentially the... No. So essentially (laughs) the... um, that obviously they're unable to escape and the black is initiated and they're like trapped in mm-hmm. like Australia, which, so it's kind of like you have this post-apocalyptic. That's a cool concept. Yeah. You have this it's like, like Mad Max with kaijus. A hundred percent. So, yeah. so like you have this post-apocalyptic environment within a post-apocalyptic world. Mm-hmm. Right. And you don't know what's going on outside of Australia or anything like that. So like the, the parents get their two young children. Um, the boy is like, 10 or something but he's like done some like initial training as like a jaeger pilot and the girl's like really little they bring them to this like um kind of like this 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 wilderness area this almost like eden like kind of like refuge oasis uh-huh. um and like a mad max yeah and there's all these other survivors there and they're like all right you guys stay here the community's going to take care of you we your parents are going to take our jaeger and we're going to try to go get help try to f- make contact and get us all out of here of course the parents never come back so then we go like 10 years forward, so the boy's like 14. No, the girl's like 14, the boy must be like 17, and they're the main characters. Um, and they, um, what, at, at some point, the, the girl uncovers an underground bunker and she finds a Jaeger. And it's like a training Jaeger, so it's not like fully equipped, armed and everything. Uh-huh. Um, and she activates it, and then that... Uh, signal the kaiju to come and like attack this little Eden place they've got and everybody dies except the two kids oh nice move so, so the girls has all this guilt but it's very dark it's much darker than like Pacific Rim which is kind of like eh, you know depending on your sensibilities you might like that or not um, so the bulk of the series then is these kids in this training Jaeger um, making their way across the black you know this post-apocalyptic yeah. Australia which it's very much Mad Max, as you said. It's like they they come across this group of people who's run by this kind of shady character, and you find out like there's these different enclaves of people who like trade kaiju eggs with each other, and then there's all these mysteries. Oh, they had that like in the original one where they'd sell like kaiju yeah, parts. Yeah, yeah. So it's like this little society has kind of like developed with these people, the few people who got left behind. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you know, it's a series, and there's going to be a second season, so there's all these, like, mysteries. They find this 
this boy in like this 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 tank and like he has a secret and then like everyone's got a secret you know what i mean it's like are the parents still alive and there's this weird like kaiju jaeger hybrid there's thing a baby yoda out there yeah well they probably needs a baby yoda um <laughs> So, but no, it's like concept wise and like animation wise and like kaiju fight wise and monster. That does sound like a good monster concept. design wise. Like if you t- if you like like you like a good action set piece. Like if you like cool looking monsters fighting cool looking robots. Like they nail that aspect of it, and it is a cool concept. Well, you say that I'm an idea guy, and I think that is a really good. It idea. is. It's a great premise. <laughs> it yeah, is. like you said, much better than the second movie. Um, so like this, and it's only. Se- I tell you if I can remember that. And it's only movie. seven episodes, so it, it almost could be like. And a, it's done, right? I mean, the first season. The is first done. season's done, and there's going to be at least one more. So like, yeah. So like that that first season, seven half hour episodes, twenty minute episodes. It almost could be like a little third animated yeah. movie. You know what I mean? So it's it's really cool. Um, it's not a hundred percent endorsement of it. It's not a perfect show. The characters are are a little dull. I think is is a, a bit of a flaw, mm-hmm. and um, because it knows it's getting a second season, it spends a lot of time like setting stuff up that presumably mm-hmm. will pay off next season, which is okay. But I think it does it a little bit um, at, at the expense of like a satisfying dramatic arc for the first yeah. season. Those are sort like of like existing on its own. Yeah, those are sort of minor gripes, though. I mean, this is—it's basically like a movie that just wants to show you this cool world, a lot of great world building, cool kaiju's, cool design. I think that's kind of what's cool it, about it. it. Like, I always—I hate that term, world world building. Yeah, but this one—it's hard to say, but it does kind of like uh, it makes sense because like they're in their own little confined world on yeah. the island, or not the island, the continent of Australia. But you know that there is another world. Like, you're just on the planet. Yeah. Right? So it could open up into other things. Right. Even though it's taking place only in this mad... And, it's like Mad Max in its own And it's very much planet. like... It is not nearly as good as The Mandalorian. But it did remind me of that because, like, because of the premise, it, it's kind of able to exist independently as its own mm-hmm. thing. And it's all the strong. But if it needed that. to, it could, like... Right. You and could they, say, like, what's going on in America. Right. And they and as it goes on, there's a few little, you know, you got to put a, right. a couple Easter eggs in there. You know, it's like, oh, I remember that name from Pacific Rim and all this kind of stuff. But for the most part, it is its own thing. It's all new monsters, all new... Hmm. Jaegers, all new, all the characters are new and interesting. Oh, and they do a lot of really cool stuff with um, the concept of the drift, where the pilots merge mm-hmm. their their minds to pilot the Jaegers. Because it takes two of them to yeah, operate. One they of those. do some cool stuff with that concept. Like they kind of take that concept, and there's characters who figure out a way to kind of like weaponize that and use that in different ways. And there's okay. weird like after effects of it. So like it's it's a really cool it's kind of like what you what the sequel should have been and what good sequels are. It's like a really cool riff on the existing mythology that has a reason to exist in and of itself. You know what I mean? It's not just dependent well, it on... Well, so- it sounds like what a good sequel should be, where it's like, someone had an idea. <laughs> yeah. Or I feel like Pacific Rim 2, like, nobody had any yeah. idea. Well, I feel point. like the thing the thing with Pacific Rim is, like, it's it's the franchise that, that they keep telling you you want, even though nobody really wants a Pacific Rim mm-hmm. franchise. You know, like, the first movie was cool, Guillermo del Toro, wonderful. It's actually my favorite of his movies. Yeah, the first um, movie's really good. But then it's like, I think people were like, okay, we're good. They're like, no, no, there's going to be a sequel, and there's going to be an animated series, yeah. and there's going to be this and that. Um, well, I think that's why the sequel kind of failed a little bit, because it was more of the same. 
Yeah. Uh, the show you're talking about, I haven't seen it, but well, and I, it sounds like it's like and even me, someone's doing a different take on I, it. And I was looking forward to it because I'm like, you know, I'm me. I'm not going to not watch Pacific Rim. And you've you tapped know, out every other possible <laughs> giant monster I've, movie. I've seen all the other ones. <laughs> Any so, other thing with a so giant monster. I was like, monster, of course yeah. I'm going to watch this and enjoy it, but I actually was kind of taken aback. I'm like, oh, this actually... Like I, I didn't think I needed a Pacific Rim animated series, but this this actually kind of justifies its own existence. Okay. So, yeah, season one, seven episodes. It literally will take about as much of your time as watching Mask of Zorro. So I, uh, I think you uh, you should check it out if you are inclined to that genre. If you like animation, and, and a lot of it, me watching it too, is just like being really like impressed with the quality of the animation and the character designs and wishing I was an animator and could do that. It's just like amazing stuff, so... Um, yeah, pretty, pretty. Yeah, as I'm talking about it, I'm thinking like it actually is better than I initially <laughs> gave credit for. It, so. Okay, and it would make cool toys too. So, so yeah, that's my uh, that's my. I bet Evan Dorkin's seen it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know he was a kaiju. Yeah, I only know that because like I do follow him on Instagram. He puts like all he's like, he's been like I think he moved or he's cleaning his studio or something. So he's like, oh, I found this, I found this, and he's supposed to be old. Like, see, I don't know anything kaiju about, and common writer and all that. Kind I don't know of anything stuff. about him from doing from hearing like interviews with him. Mm-hmm. I just know him like through his writing yeah. and and his like responses in those letter columns I was talking yeah. about. Cool. All right. Um, so that's that's my beyond the dive. You said all yours. roads lead to Evan Dorkin. Oh yeah. So we'll probably talk about him. <laughs> I don't know what. What's that mo- for an obscure reference? I don't know what our movie's going to be next time, but we'll probably talk about uh, Evan Dorkin. Well, at this somehow. point, it's probably time to check out Legend of Zorro. <laughs> yeah, we've gone on long enough. All right. So I guess that'll do it uh, for us for this time. This was. Uh, I enjoyed talking about this movie more than I enjoyed watching it, but, but no more action movies. Watching it wasn't bad. No, we'll do more action movies, but maybe next time. We'll do a different genre and uh, romantic comedy. To find, I I'd be totally fine with that. So you know, tune in next time. Maybe Jordan and I. Honestly, will be I about do it. have one. All right. Well, there you go. That's the teaser. We'll leave you guys with this time, and we'll see you uh, next time right here on the dumpster dive. Thanks for listening. Bye bye. See you.